Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks Ole Miss, MSU, and the SEC. Through the lens of Mississippi, I am Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined today by Ole Miss baseball color analyst and career hits leader, Brad Henderson. There's a weekend sweep to talk about, the Rebels winning three times against Belmont in a competitive series. Before we get there, folks, I want to thank our partner, the Oxford Park Commission, for coming along for the ride. Locks going on at uh, OPC right now. Registration continues for the mini kickers. That's M-I-N-I, not uh, M-A-N-Y, although they may have many that way as well. Soccer instruction, kids ages two to five, led by Oxford High School soccer coach Hunter Crane. Youth baseball and softball registrations continue as well and will run through April the 4th. Brad Henderson, Brad Henderson is with us. Brad, if you had written policies to cover Ole Miss baseball, you'd have had to write checks or close to it Saturday and Sunday. Close games there, man. Uh, but the Rebels were able to get the sweep. Uh, what's uh, what's on tap for uh, Alpha Insurance this week? Well, obviously, spring's around the corner, Parrish. And, uh, you know, I just want to mention today that, that Alpha, uh, here a few weeks ago, implemented a new auto program that, that's extremely competitive, uh, especially youthful drivers, stuff like that. Uh, so if you have any questions, you know, feel free to call me at 236-1575. Or, or if you're in the Oxford area, you can come by and see me at uh, 2600 West Oxford Loop. Uh, we're right behind the Old Navy, Parish. And, you know, we've spoken before about uh, auto insurance and how some people um, put a lot of faith in the term comprehensive coverage. But uh, comprehensive is different and, and can mean different things to different policies. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I, obviously, comprehensive is anything non-collision related. That could mean uh, you know, a windshield break or a tree falling on it or hail or you hitting a deer. So, you know, that's why it's always good to just have a review over your policy and, and let your insurance agent kind of go, go down the line of all your coverages and and. That, that way you know exactly what you have uh, when you walk out of that office. That sounds good. I, I know uh, I there have been times when I have really appreciated uh, the comprehensive coverage I've had on vehicles. Uh, Brad, we talked last week about Belmont as a solid mid-major program, and they're the preseason pick to win the Ohio Valley Conference. Aside from the first three innings in game one, I thought they played really well. I mean, early in that Friday game, I thought they were kind of loose with the ball behind home plate and balls getting away from the catcher and kind of nonchalant in the outfield. Pitching was getting hit. Uh, but uh, after those three innings, they uh, really settled down for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, they did. It was kind of it was kind of misleading, you know, because we jump out 12 to nothing in the first three innings. And you think you, you kind of expect as a fan, well, this is how the weekend's going to go. And we knew that wasn't how the weekend was going to go. It just happened that, you know, their Friday guy couldn't throw the ball over the plate, and then we took advantage of it. And and you look up, and, and we've got a huge lead with Doug going, and he felt pretty good about Friday. But you're right. I mean, for, from the fourth inning of that game on, it, it was a battle. And uh, you, you could tell Saturday and Sunday their stars were good, their pin was good. The thing that pressed me the most, though, was they competed at the plate. You know, they weren't overwhelmed by Gunner or Derek Diamond yesterday. Um, I thought they took pitches they should have taken, and uh, and they hit some tough pitches and really put a lot of pressure on us. 
Yeah, and, and particularly I thought the you know the top and middle of that order uh, was really good. Um, yeah, and even after uh, after those first three innings in the Friday game, the pin was good. I mean, the Ole Miss did the damage against the starter there, and you're right, it created a, a set of expectations that that really weren't real uh, for for what was what was coming. But their bullpen did a good job, and, and they actually after that twelve to nothing deficit. Uh, Outscored Ole Miss four to nothing the rest of the way. Um, I thought uh, I thought Doug looked good in that start. Again, second straight start. Uh, you know the walks uh, were down again. What I'm seeing though, and in, in, uh, in, in Gunner's done this a little bit well. Uh, these starters uh, have shown an ability to give up the home run ball, or they make. And, and I know coaches like to call these mistake pitches, and uh, teams are going to make you pay for those mistakes. Uh, Seems like they could pay a little bit more with a line drive instead of uh, you know, <laughs> instead of leaving the park. But I know they call these mistake pitches. Is that what we're seeing here? Uh, are we seeing too many of them from these old Miss starters right now? Well, I don't know that you're seeing too many. I I think sometimes, and especially against some mid majors and, and smaller schools, you know, some midweek game stuff. I, I think a lot of times we may throw a lot of fa- a lot more fastballs. You know, we don't mix it up. It's more of a, hey, we're going to challenge you. And, and we saw real quick that Crowder in the three-hole, Jarvis in the four-hole, and Heaton in the five-hole, they were really, really good. Uh, and, and and the flip side of that was I thought Belmont, when we got into fastball counts, really mixed pitches really well. Now, obviously, the, our fastball is our strength, and, and we kind of build off the fastball. But, yeah, we got behind in counts, and they made us pay. And you're right, we've given up the long ball, but I think if we go back and look at it, the beauty of it is you're willing to do that uh, because most of them are solo home runs, and very rarely do solo home runs get you beat. Yeah, and and they and they did against uh, UCF uh, in that first game, and that and that was you know a, a little out of character there. You're right; you usually can over, overcome a a solo home run, and, and maybe that's why they stood out because uh, Doug had two of them so quickly uh, in that inning there in game one against UCF. Building off the fastball, Taylor Broadway dominant uh, in his first appearance of the weekend on uh, Saturday in game two. Uh, Mike had to go to him again uh, yesterday in game three. The velocity was there again. It just looked like maybe they were a little more ready for him this time. I thought he located okay. He hit a batter, but uh, basically they got hits against him in that that ninth inning when, you know, I think everybody kind of relaxed or you felt like you could relax. I know as a sports writer, I felt like, okay, I can go ahead and write my game story right now. After Tim Elko's three-run home run and it was seven to four, I thought, okay, I've seen this before. I've written this story. Let me go ahead and work ahead here. And it all changed, as it sometimes does. But uh, what did you see in Broadway's second appearance uh, of the weekend there uh, when they they hit him a little better? And they rallied from three runs back in in the ninth inning yesterday. Yeah, they did. You know, and it it started – I can't remember correctly. It started with a leadoff walk or or a hit-by-pitch. But those always come back to burn you. And and then – you know, credit those same three guys that, that I mentioned, man, in the lineup. They they just – they were on him, and, and he challenged them. And then, obviously, they get the big hit that, that clears the bases to tie it up. And and we were fortunate that that they had a huge base running mistake. Yeah. Uh, you know, the run around third with two outs, and the third base coach was clearly holding him up, and, and he just didn't see the sign. And, obviously, we, we throw behind him and get him out 
where the game's tied and, yeah. uh, and then we win in the bottom half. But, you know, it happens. Uh, I, I think Taylor Broadway finishes that game off 98 times out of 100. And just yesterday happened to be the time that it was our second time to see him in, in consecutive days. And, uh, and they had the right guys coming up. And then, uh, but, but fortunately for us, the bottom half of the inning, we had the right, right guys coming up as well. You know? Yeah, it, uh, it was something that, uh, that uh, Mike Bianco and I talked about uh, yesterday, or Mike spoke with us all uh, in, the, in the Zoom call. Uh, second appearance of the weekend for Taylor. I uh, do need to point out that, look, he came in with uh, two guys on base already. That's right. Because uh, Braden Forsyth did not his best outing, uh, you know, a couple of walks real quick. And and uh, and so Broadway came in with two guys already on base. But how hard is it to ask a guy like Broadway, not not that back-to-back appearances on the weekend are hard because your, your, your number of pitches and your innings, you know, in that role are not that high. But to come in – with the uh, pressure-packed situations that he comes into, to come into a tie game on Saturday uh, where, you know, any mistake pitch uh, could be the one that loses the game. Then to come into that situation again, you know, after you get the job done, come into that situation again uh, on Sunday, same situation where, you know, you already got men on base this time. Uh, any mistake could be the difference in the game you know, how does that wear on a pitcher? You know, with him, I, I just – I don't think it does, Parrish. I mean, I, I think, to be honest with you, he's going to be the guy this year in that role. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of guys on this staff that that stuff is really good. Uh, but at the end of the day, his control is what sets him apart. Uh, I just think it's one of those, ga- uh, one of those games where they just they – just, uh, Ran a few at bats together that that fell for hits and 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 they and they competed, you know. And and you're gonna have those. He's he's not gonna go out there and, and and shut everybody down every single time. Now, if this starts happening, you know, we start seeing this every other outing, then yeah, we'll have to make some adjustments. But I just I, I give credit to the that Belmont crew just fighting, uh, just fighting like crazy in, in the in the night there. What did you see in Derek Diamond's start yesterday? Back to back now since the Texas game, he's he's been just just okay. You know, been getting hit a little bit. hasn't uh, hasn't been quite the, as dominant as we saw from him in his first start there uh, against Texas. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was okay yesterday. Uh, I thought the velocity was good. Uh, I think that his location was just a little off, and I thought Derek Everett, the home plate umpire, was pretty tight. So he'll yeah, have to make so that too. adjust. Derek will have to make that adjustment uh, because it was more of a hitter's zone. Uh, but he'll have to pitch through that. I mean, that, that won't be the last time we see a zone like that. And, again, he wasn't bad. You know, he, he gave up uh, three runs early. But but if we score six or seven, you're thinking, all right, well, Derek's had a pretty good game. But because it was tied three to three, it's all about perception, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of like Doug – against UCF, you're saying, well, man, he he got the loss or he didn't get the win. Well, he gave up two runs through seven innings. You know, you take that all day. We just didn't – we should score. And, and we end up getting beat three to two. So, you know, it, a lot of it's perception. Uh, you know, but and it was the first time he hadn't – Derek hadn't gone five innings uh, in, in six starts. So, it, do, do I think he's tired or – 
no, I, I thought he was I thought he was okay. Uh, I didn't think he was terrible by any means. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll learn from that, and and I think Mike has that luxury to go to that pen earlier as well. Right. You know? Right. He doesn't have to hang them out to dry. Let's talk offense a little bit. Obviously, Tim Elko is is the name right now. I want to get to some others first. Hayden Dunhurst uh, has just has been consistent and very consistent at the plate, and, and he was a a good guy to have up uh, yesterday in the ninth with the winning run uh, at second in Justin Bench, and, and certainly uh, with uh, speed and base running ability, Bench was maybe the best guy Ole Miss could have had there. So when when he got one through the right side, it was no question that uh, they were about to walk that off. Uh, what did you see in Dunhurst uh, in, in that at bat? Well, I just I think he was a little anxious. Uh, you know, he got a he got a one zero fastball that he just pulled through the four hole. You know, it's kind of one of those CNI singles that you take as a hitter all day long. But uh, you're right, Parrish. I mean, he's he's been our most consistent guy all year. I mean, he's. As of right now, he's hitting at a 371 clip, leading the team, minus Peyton Chatney, who's who's obviously still injured. But uh, I think the thing with Hayden, not you know, he's a sophomore now, so so the game's gonna slow down for him some. And uh, but I think he's just hitting the ball the other way. It's, and he didn't do that last year. And I had a chance to talk to uh, Mike Clements last night, uh, and we talked about. And he talked about how Hayden is just – his mental approach right now, he, he's so confident right now, and, and that's 80% of it. And you tell when he goes up there. But but the thing Clem was harping on so much last uh, last night was through, through 12 games now, he's got one strikeout. And I hadn't looked at the numbers from last year, but I bet he was well into the double digits through 12 games. Uh, now he hit, he was hitting for more power, but everything was just pull, pull, pull. And uh, I mean, he's he's abs. He's at thirty five abs. He's got one strikeout, so uh, clearly he's made some physical adjustments as well. Yeah, Kevin Graham got a couple of balls to leave the park, and and that's what uh, certainly they want from him when when we talk about uh, uh, this offense. He's a guy they expect to you know to hit with power to get those doubles and home runs. It was good to see. Yeah, but I'll tell you, defensively, and I don't I want to talk about his offense, but I've, I've uh, become a lot more confident uh, with him in the outfield, just watching him uh, make some plays. Uh, not that he's going to have the, uh, the speed uh, to get to. He's not going to cover as much ground as some other guys, but uh, he tracks the ball well. And uh, when he gets there, he's a dependable glove. Yeah, and, and I said it on the air yesterday. I, don't, I didn't know. I was kind of worried about our outfield because you got bench out there who played some outfield last year, but he's in center field key position. You got Leatherwood who's more of a hitter, you know, and uh, he, he just looked stiff to me as an outfielder. And then you got Kevin who at times during the inter squads last year was just in another world. You know, you didn't know, it just looked like to me they're just sticking a bat in the outfield and hoping for the best. And and I say that respectfully because I've been there. Yeah. When I was a sophomore, Coach Harrison stuck me, stuck me out in left field at South Carolina. I'd never played outfield. Didn't even practice it. And uh, because they were trying to get uh, – we, we had a first big left-handed first baseman named Jude Bolts. But yeah. They were trying to get in the lineup, and Jude couldn't play out there. And uh, it was – I mean, it's a totally different – 
aspect when you're used to playing infield and first base to be thrown in, 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 in the outfield. And I think Kevin's done a tremendous job. Not only has he played solidly, he's made some phenomenal plays, you know, uh, several diving catches and uh, plays at the wall. So I, where I thought it may be a liability, it, it's more of a uh, – he's, he's really good. And that outfield's turned out to be really, really good. What's different about his swing right now? He's gotten some elevation and uh, just gotten some balls out. Yeah, I think he's uh, where where he was a big swing and miss guy uh, in the. I mean, he's kind of all or nothing. He's going to hit a home run, or or uh, he may hit you ten or twelve home runs in a season, but he he may have forty strikeouts too. I think he's seeing the ball a lot better. If you look at at his walks, uh, you know he's got. If I'm looking at, you know, his strikeout to walk ratio is pretty good. And uh, I still think he's a little pull happy, you know, because that's where he's confident in hitting the ball out of the yard. But uh, I, I think he, I think he's staying on pitches more. And again, that's just the maturation of, of kind of growing up. Uh, and, and, and obviously he's stronger than, you know, with another year of, in the weight room, he's a little stronger. So, but yeah, you're right. We're, he's got to be a 10 to 15 homer guy, I think, when it's all said and done, because I don't think he's going to hit 350. You know, I, I think he's yeah. going to be a 280 guy with, with 13 home runs. And I think Ole Miss will take that. That's right. Uh, Tim Elko, we talked about small body of work, the expectations for him. Just what a week. He looks like he has flipped a switch. 588 for the week, five home runs. Two of them yesterday, that three-run home run in the seventh that you thought had finished the game. Um, you think he's playing with uh, with less uh, pressure, putting less on himself right now? Yeah, I do. I mean, he went into the week hitting 0-93, and, and he comes out hitting 310. So you, you can see how fast early in the season the numbers can change. And, and you can see how, right, whether this is right or wrong, how unfair – fans and media and, and, and everybody can be because it's such a small body of work, you know, and, and they base it off of, and, and I get it. it. It's fair. It's fair to say, well, he's only hit 193, but, but to think he was going to do that all year is not fair to Tim. And, you know, is he going to hit 310 all year? I don't know, but I think we're seeing more of the Tim Elko that we're going to see all year. Now, is he going to be national player of the week? I hope for Tim's sake and on Miss's sake he is. But, uh, you know, he's another guy. I still – I think he can hit 300 with 15 homers, and I think you saw this weekend he's just so strong. Yeah. You know, he hits balls out that other people don't. Uh, you know, he hit two to the opposite field yesterday, and, and, and he's hitting home runs into the wind that – I'll give you an example. Ben Van Cleve hit one on Saturday that's as far as I – Ben Van Cleve can hit it. And had Ben hit that on Sunday, that ball's three or four rows into the left field terrace, and instead it gets caught right at the wall. Well, Tim's ball's leaving the yard. You know, he's just so strong, Parrish, and yeah. he's just naturally gifted uh, that way. But, yeah, I mean, he's just as locked in as anybody right now. And I, I think he'll only build off this. Well, and it looks like he's going with pitches the other way a lot, seeing a lot of uh, right field hitting from him. Yeah, yeah, and DK and I, Richard Cross and I, we've mentioned it that when when he's going really good, he's driving the ball to right center, and uh, what that allows him to do is is 
I think he was getting so far out in front, just trying not to get beat on the fastball. One of the home, the big home run the the uh, yesterday was a changeup because the guy, the Brennan kid, that's their best closer out of the pen, is real changeup heavy. And uh, I just had a feeling that, that Tim was going to do some damage. I didn't know he was going to hit a home run, but uh, right now he's just he's he's making pitchers pay for all speeds they miss out over the plate. And that goes back to his focus being the other way and being able – he's so strong he can still turn on that fastball. Probably another week without Chatagnier. Is that what you're hearing, I think? Yeah, I, had a, I saw Peyton Friday after the game, and they're shooting for this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and so, he, I don't think he'll play tomorrow against uh, Alcorn State, but I know he's taking BP. He's taking ground balls that are, that are in a limited range. Uh, kind of a uh, just ground balls right at him, not, you know, not making him move too much to his left or to his right. But I figure as the week goes along, they're going to start stretching that. But I will say he told me Friday that uh, he was running sprints in the outfield. Uh, so I, I I think he's good to go. I just don't think they're going to press that issue. But I, I as of right now, I feel like he will be in the lineup Friday. Brad, it was good to see more fans at the ballpark. Um, what did it look like for you and David behind our home plate, man? Just uh, the, the the crowd, the noise. Uh, what did y'all see there this week? Yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a lot better environment. How can it not be? You know, uh, of course the weather helped, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, it's one of those deals. I didn't really believe it until I played in front of it. It, it makes a huge difference. Uh, you, you're just your adrenaline's flowing a little bit more, you know. You're a little bit faster. You're a little bit stronger just because those juices are going. Um, and I think it makes a huge difference. And, and you can look at you can look at Kansas. You can look at Duke. You can look at all these Kentucky, all these story basketball programs that sell out every game. Well, they weren't very good this year because nobody was there. You know, they did. There wasn't a true home field advantage. You know, and uh, and that's obviously that's not a knock on the pro those programs, but you know it, it's not near as intimidating to walk into Swayze and there be twelve hundred people there as there is sixty two hundred people there, and, uh, and and students in the left field on the fly balls, people yelling, and it makes a huge difference. And and so I was glad to see the crowd. I thought you know for the most part everybody was safe, wearing masks, moving around, trying to distance where they could. But yeah, I, th- I thought the atmosphere was a lot better. Good to see folks back. I uh, hope uh, we can continue to uh, progress uh, against uh, COVID as the spring uh, moves along. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence. We thank you for being with us. Remember, uh, you can check out uh, our coverage at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well. Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford, and again, a shout-out to uh, OPC, the Oxford Park Commission, for coming along for the ride. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.